2021. And in honor of Black History Month, I am showcasing African-American musicians and influencers for the entire month. You don't want to miss today's show. Make sure you stay locked in. I am now streaming on all podcast platforms. I love it. So download your favorite podcast app, Follow Pumps Radio and make sure you subscribe to the show. It's Ms. J in the morning. Make sure you share it and listen Monday through Friday, no matter where you are in the world. And on the weekends, you have an opportunity to listen to the archive show. So don't miss it. Here's another highlighted legend, Black History Month, right here on Ms. J in the morning. Happy Wednesday, beloveds, and welcome to Iyamla's Fixins, an opportunity for us to talk about issues and difficulties and challenges. Some of the many things that you will see on Iyamla Fix My Life, which comes on every Saturday night, 9 p.m. on OWN. So I do hope that you are tuning in and watching. And what we do here on Fixins is we discuss some of the issues that we demonstrate in the show and give you an opportunity to ask your questions, share your story, because there's so many of you and only one of me, one show. We don't really have the opportunity to have everybody involved. But here in the Fixins, we can talk about some of those things and those questions that come up for us even as we watch the show. So last week, we canceled our hangout because we were honoring the transition of Mama Dr. Maya Angelou. And uh, I didn't think it was appropriate for us to continue talking like nothing was going on in our world. So we canceled last week, rescheduling it to this week when our topic is when somebody doesn't love you back. What do you do when somebody doesn't love you back? Or when it is your experience that they're not loving you back? I know that we've all been there at one time or another, just like me, been in many situations where I thought I was just going to lose my breath in the midst of loving somebody and they didn't love me back the way I love them. And then there are those family situations where we may have the experience of our parents not loving us or sibling not loving us or even our children not loving you. What do you do? when somebody doesn't love you back. That's our topic this evening. That's what we're going to be talking about. We've got two guests who are going to be joining us so that we can hear a real personal, upfront, live story and work through that. And I invite you to send your questions. I'll read as many of them as I can. There should be a box right there in the video screen where you can click on Q&A 
to ask your questions. And I do hope that you can hear me out there. I know we've gotten some messages sometimes that you can't hear me. So I'm talking loud. I'm not going to use my sexy voice today. <laughs> I'm going to use my speaking voice so that you can hear me. What do you do when somebody doesn't love you back? There are three things that I want to offer you that I want you to consider. Number one, people do what they do the way they do it based on who they are and the information they have at the time. I'll say that again. People do what they do, whatever it is, the way they do it based on who they are and the information they have at the time. Let me talk about myself for a moment and see if you can understand where I'm coming from. When my father made his transition, I was 30 years old. And in all of those 30 years of my life, I never once heard my father say, I love you. My father never once in my 30 years kissed me, not on the cheek, on the forehead, the hand, the foot, nothing. And my father never once hugged me or held my hand. So I went through 30 years of my life believing that my father didn't love me. And therefore, I sought love everywhere else, all over the place. I don't want to go into that story. But then after my father passed and I had an adult relationship with my grandmother, who was a half Native American, half African American, uh, started working, doing domestic work when she was 13 years old, fresh off the farm, fresh off the reservation to the farm where her father was a sharecropper and then fresh off the farm into domestic work in the north cleaning bathrooms, cooking food at the age of 13. When I had an adult relationship with my grandmother, I came to the awareness that my father simply didn't know how to love because his mother never taught him how. My grandmother was not an emotional person. Uh, she displayed anger and sadness. That was it. That was the full capacity of her emotional library. So like my father, my grandmother never told me she loved me, never kissed me, never hugged me, only held my hand when we were crossing the streets. So I was about 35 years old when I had the stark awareness, oh my God, my father didn't know how to demonstrate love because it had never been demonstrated to him. He didn't know how to demonstrate emotion because it had never been demonstrated to him. My father was emotionally unavailable. And for so long in my life, I blamed him. I, I was angry with him, furious, infuriated with him because he never told me he loved me. People do what they do based on who they are and the information they have at the time. So the people that we are thinking don't love us back really are demonstrating love in the only way they know how. The only way they know how. And that may be not saying anything. It may be you beat the person you love. It may be you don't talk to the person you love. People do what they do the way they do it 
based on who they are and the information you have at the time. Now that doesn't make you feel better when you're trying to love somebody, but at least it gives us an understanding that it ain't personal. It's not personal. It's not personal that my mother don't love me. No. It ain't personal that my father never showed me love. No. It's not personal. They're doing what they know how to do the way they learned how to do it. That's number one. People do what they do the way they do it because of who they are and the information they have at the time. Then you have the scenario where people show up, tell you they love you, tell you all the sweet nothings you want to hear, make you believe they love you, and then behave very badly. <laughs> and you are still in love with them, wondering why am I loving Boo Boo the Fool or Clavita the Clown, whoever it is, that we find ourselves psychologically or emotionally drawn to and attached to people that behave badly. And we're just trying to love them and get them to behave appropriately. And they're loving us and behaving very badly. What do you do about that? Well, you've got to understand your pathology. If you grew up in an experience where love was distant or unavailable, where love was dishonest, where love was scarce, where love was spread out among many people, you are going to attract people, attract people that recreate your pattern. Whatever it is that you learned as a child, you are going to attract them until you clear yourself and your energy from the emotions attached to those childhood experiences. So for me, this is just for me, I'm sure none of you all have had this experience. <laughs> my father was emotionally unavailable. All of my life, until I began to do my work, I attracted men who were emotionally unavailable and women who would betray me. Why? My mother died when I was two. Nobody bothered to tell me. So I lived the majority of my life thinking one woman was my mother when my mother was really dead. That's a betrayal. That's dishonesty. So once I discovered that, that energy was in my being, and I'm attracting men who are unavailable and women who betray me. Why? Because it's my pathology. If you are continually attracting people who don't love you back, you must look at your pathology. You must look at it. You got to look at how you learn to love, what you expect from love, what you give in return for love, what you expect someone to give you and do for you and demonstrate to you if they love you. You got to look at that. And sometimes, this is the third reason, people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. They ain't there forever. <laughs> they didn't come to stay. They were just passing through so that you can learn together, grow together, heal together. And sometimes we think our seasonal people are lifetime people or our reasonal people are lifetime people, and they are not. Let me tell you who will be in your life for a lifetime, your mother, your father, your children, and you. That's it. Everybody else is a transient passerby. They may not be there forever, even though you think it.
I would tell you that I love you tonight But I know that I've got time on my side Where you going? Why are you leaving so soon? Is there somewhere else that's better for you? It just ups and leaves What is love If you're not here no more What is love If you're not really sure What is love What is love Tell myself I wouldn't cry when you're gone But I know it's easier said and done Look at me, look at me, talk Tell you, but it won't come out. What is love? If you're not here with me, what is love? If it's not guaranteed, what is love? If it just ups and leaves, what is love? If you're not here no more, what is love? If you're not really sure. supposed to be we were supposed to be an empire what is love if you're not here with me what is love if it's not guaranteed what is love if it's just us and leave what is love what is love if you're not really sure Morning is upon us. It's Miss J in the morning. In the morning. In the morning. Miss J, Miss J, Miss J in the morning. Miss J, Miss J, Miss J in the morning. Well, even though you want them to be there, they may not be there forever. So, number one, people do what they do the way they do it based on who they are within themselves and the information they have at the time. It ain't personal. It's not personal, okay? Number two is that people come and love you in response to the vibration and the energy you send out about love. I know we don't want to take responsibility for that. Boo-boo came. Clavita came. They said they'd be with you forever. Y'all would have six kids, two dogs, a house with the picket fence. And before you know it, Boo-boo or Clavita was gone. Okay? But you've got to look at your pattern, your pathology, and the kind of people you're attracting and the lesson you can learn. And finally, people come into your life for a reason, a season, a lifetime. Everybody doesn't come to stay. Now, what happens when there's a love breakdown? I call it a love breakdown. 
between you and your lifetime people, your mother, your father, your children, even your siblings. Let's put siblings in the lifetime because your brother is going to be your brother forever. And so is your sister. How do you handle that? How do you handle loving them and they don't love you back? I'm going to tell you the story about me and my brother, but first, I'm going to take some questions. How about that? Let me see if I can see these questions over here. This one says, greetings, Miss Yanla. This is Quincy Allen. Hi, Quincy Allen. You blessed me. Here's the question. My spouse is a repeat cheater, doesn't take care of me, and on and on and on. We are not together. Neither of us are healing, heading to divorce court. Why not? You, neither one of y'all head to the, why not? Okay. I am the one loving boo-boo the fool. What is my work? Wow. So you have suffering, it sounds to me, it sounds to me like you have suffering, dishonesty, and dishonor wired up with love. I don't know where you saw it or where you learned it. Maybe you made it up that when you love somebody or when somebody says they love you, you have to put up with all sorts of inappropriate behavior. But your work is to get love and suffering and sorrow and dishonor and disrespect and disappointment disconnected. You've got to get those things disconnected, all of us. And sometimes we get it wired up based on what we see, what we heard, what we were told. Remember, people do what they do the way they do it because of who they are and the information you have. Somewhere you may have gotten the information that love requires sorrow and suffering and you stay with people who dishonor and disrespect you. Mm. Get a new idea. Ford got a new one. You need to get one. <laughs> there are many of us like that out there. We had to get a new idea about love. And here's one of the things you you may want to work with. You say that you and Mr. Boo Boo are not together. Why are you still married to him? Why are you still holding on to that energy? Holding on hope against hope that somehow it's going to change. Here's a possibility. Divorce Boo Boo. Get your life and your heart and your soul together. And if he wants you, he can come back. And if you want him, you'll take him back. If not, he's out. <laughs> Let me have another let me see another question here. We are going to, oh, here it is. Let me see. Yo, is this right? I can't see this right. Okay, I don't have my visual assistant. This is Zenowit Burhani. Zenowit Burhani. Hi, Zenowit. This says, what if the person does love you, but not as much as he loves someone else? Then, okay, let me finish reading the question. <laughs> As in, you know he cares about you, but he chooses to be with someone else over you. It is really possible to love, or rather be in love, with two people at the same time, how to cope. Okay, wait a minute. People can love you and not want to be in relationship with you. That, that can happen. And it seems to me that this person has made their choice. The intimate, connected, loving relationship they want to have. It's not with you. Now, if you want to accept the scraps that are left on the table, that's up to you. But you don't have to stop loving him or her just because they're not with you. That's a mistake that we make. We think that I love you, and if you don't love me the way I love you, I got to stop loving you. No, you don't. I get to love you 
and give you the opportunity to move on and find your good elsewhere. Go quickly. <laughs> find your good elsewhere. But I don't have to stop loving you. Don't think that because someone is not giving you what you're giving them that you have to stop loving them. You don't. Now, in this situation, he chooses to be with someone else. You said the magic word. Choose. What do you choose? Why would you cope with less when you can choose more? Why would you cope with less when you can choose more? It's up to you. Now, me personally, I'm not a lunchable. I am a full course meal. <laughs> So if you don't want to be in for the whole meal, from the appetizer to the dessert, toodles, you're good at elsewhere, go there and get it. <laughs> All righty, let's do one more, and then we're going to have our first guest on for tonight. And this is from uh, somebody, Carmelita. Is this Carmelita? No, oh, Lord. See, this is why I stopped signing books, because I could not spell all these names. Sianita. <laughs> Miss Harris, C-E-A-N, that's Sianatia, Sianatia. And I'm very sensitive to difficult names because mine is Iyama. I've been called everything. Yolanda, Yosemite, <laughs> Imiyama, okay, Ilaka. <laughs> so I'm sensitive. Please forgive me, Sianata. Forgive me. All right? Hello, Miss Van Zandt. Hello. I have been with my boyfriend for three years, and he hasn't said he loves me yet. We have a one-year-old. What am I going to say to you right now? That you got a one-year-old with a man you've been with three years, and he hasn't said he loves you? Do you need him to say that? Why didn't you get that handled before you had a job? Hello. We have a one-year-old daughter. I love him, but... Hmm... Don't know. Okay. Okay. Let me just say this. I'm not computer savvy. Don't be abbreviating stuff. <laughs> because I started to say IDK. <laughs> IDK if he don't love me. <laughs> I will be saying bad words. Don't say that. I'm not computer savvy. I am computer handicapped. All right. But I don't know if he loves me. He used to cheat before our daughter. I want to know if he truly loves me or should I move on? Baby, why don't you ask him? Why don't you ask him, does he love you? And then ask him, why doesn't he tell you that he loves you? And then let him know that you need to hear it. Because when someone really loves you, they are going to do everything in their power to make you happy. And if it would make you happy to hear this man say, I love you, then you need to ask for what you need and what you want. Now, Again, you already have a child together. We're going to do a show about that. i got to understand why we're having children unconsciously. But we're not going to talk about that today. We're talking about when somebody doesn't love you back. That's our topic. Okay? So ask for what you want. Ask him, why hasn't he ever said that he loves you? And tell him you need to hear it. And you need to hear it often. You need it whispered in your ear. You need it wrote on little notes. You need him to say it to you. If he means it. So you want to find out first, does he love you? And then you want to find out why doesn't he say it? You want to let him know he needs it. And then based on his response, you get to choose whether you stay with a man who won't give you what you need, who can't say he loves you. You get to choose, beloved. Okay? That doesn't mean he doesn't love you. It just means that you haven't communicated to him something that you need. And we. Uh -huh. 
just like the morning time Don't wanna wake up, I just wanna stay in bed But if I'm next to you, I'm looking forward to Just laying in this bed Get so promise you'll never let go. I don't want no one else. So we should be chilling back. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So tell me that, tell me that. Tell me on the best diet. I'll be feeling like yes, I am. I am. You know on the best diet. Be a fool and not take me as I am. Tell me I'm the best diet. I be feeling like yes I am. I am. You know I'm the best diet. You be a fool and not take me as I am. You're like the sweetest thing I know. Like my favorite lonely song. I need you really bad Don't take me for granted You'll be regretting it Oh, I should be a last, oh yeah Ooh, that never gets so Promise you'll never let go Grass ain't green nowhere else So we should be What's up, y'all? I'm Beyonce. What's going on? It's your boy Drizzy Drake, and you are now rocking with my homie, my homie.
do that in relationships. All right, we're going to go to our first guest of the evening. Her name is Chantel Chester. Chantel, are you there, my beloved? Hello. Oh, you're a young little whippersnapper. <laughs> How old are you, too? 24. Oh, my God, 24 years old. Look at you. You cannot have a problem in life, and you are 24 years old. Do you know how old I am? I could tell you about problems. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my beloved, tell me how I can support you this evening. Okay, well, I needed your help because I want to learn how to love my mother when I know that she doesn't love me back because it's always been that way between me and her. She's a recovering drug addict, and, you know, my whole childhood she's done drugs. Um, I've seen her overdose on drugs maybe like three or four times, and she's just never been that mother. Um, in my household growing up, we would have fuss, they would fuss and fight. Um, everything was just negative. There was no good moments that I could remember in my childhood. And um, there were times that my mom would tell me to go and kill myself. Uh, I was a stupid, just, it was really bad. And even until this day, I still feel like as I'm an adult and she's a recovering addict, she still doesn't try to make up for lost times when I try to be there for her. And um, there was a time when she was in the hospital, uh, ill because of her high blood pressure. I, my family called me and they told me, they were like, oh, she's in the hospital. But I didn't feel anything. But with my grandmother, I felt like I would die. And it scared me because why don't I feel that for my mom? And Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Why don't you feel that for your mom? Because I just feel like she's never connected with me there. Yeah. I heard you. Let me see if I got it correctly. I heard you say that growing up, your mom was a substance abuser. She was addicted to something. Yeah? Cocaine, yes. Cocaine. And that you watched her or saw her, experienced her, overdose two or three times. Is that accurate? Yes. And that now that you are an adult, you don't seem, still don't seem able to connect to her. And that during a recent illness that she had, you didn't feel anything. Yes, correct. And you want to know how to love your mom. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. I, I wanted you to know that I heard you because very often when, when children grow up, and they are children of substance abusers. They're not seen and they're not heard. So I really wanted you to know that I heard you. Thank yeah? You. Yes. So let me say this to you. You love your mother. You really do. What you don't know how to do is how to trust her with your heart again. Okay. Does that make sense to you? It makes sense. Yes, it does. Because a mother is a child's lifeline. Mother is a child's lifeline. She is, for all intents and purposes, their God on earth. They can love daddy, but mama is the lifeline. She got the food, she got the clothes, she got the money, she got the band-aids, she got the cookies. Oh, this is God. <laughs> does that sound familiar? 
Yes. So, children put all of their trust in the mother first, or the, the, the caregiver. And I'm hearing that your mom was your primary caregiver. Is that accurate? Yes, my mother was. And so when that trust, when that reliance, dependence on the mother is broken, the child's heart is broken, shattered into a million pieces. And I do feel like an empty void. Like yeah. I have a daughter, she's three years old, and I want to be able to give myself fully to her because she deserves that. But something's kind of blocking that. Listen, lesson number one, people do what they do the way they do it because of who they are and the information they have at the time. You are a child of a substance abuser who was never fully validated or connected to their mother. You didn't learn how to do it. Does that make sense? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So you're expecting yourself to do something that you don't know how to do. You didn't see it demonstrated. That's very unkind and unloving. You have to learn how to mother, and the way you'll do that is to begin mothering yourself. I, I, I want to get through all of this, so hold on for one second. Okay. It's not that your mother didn't love you, beloved. Not that she didn't. She wasn't present in her body. She was out of her right mind. She was a substance abuser. Now, I want you to hear this. Some substance abusers take their children and leave them in the street and forget where they are. Some substance abusers have their children taken away from them and the kids go into foster care or they go to other family members. Some children, some substance abusers sell their children for drug money. Some substance abusers simply walk away. Your mother held on to you. Would that be accurate? Yes. Yeah. Even in the midst of her dysfunction, she held on to you. She wasn't present in her right mind, but she had enough sense to hold on to you. Your mother loves you. She wasn't present in her body because of the drugs. And as she is recovering, she's learning to come back present in her body. She has to learn and relearn an entire range of emotions and an emotional library. In addition to which, Every time she looks at you, my beloved, she sees how she failed. I think she is a reminder. True. You are a reminder of the mother she wasn't. So she may appear to be angry with you. She may appear to be upset with you. She may try to shoo, shoo you away and get rid of you. But the truth is, she is probably riddled with guilt and shame every time she looks at you. So now how does that help you? First, I want to hear what you just heard me say. Tell me what you've heard me say. That my mother was not present and in her right mind. But she loves me because she did hold on to me yeah. and my other four siblings. Yes. And um, you said that um, she 
feels that now every time that she sees me being a mother, because I'm a constant reminder yes. of how she felt. Yes. So. And that it's not that you don't love her. It's that you're afraid to trust her with your heart again because of all you experienced in your childhood. Why would you give your heart to this woman who wasn't there for you? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. So how do you begin to heal? Okay. Here's the lesson again. People do what they do based on who they are and the, situ and the information they have at the time. Some information she got led her to drugs. Something she saw, she demonstrated to you. Maybe like my dad, nobody ever told her they loved her. I don't know. We all have our experience. Number one, even though it's your mother, it ain't personal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's in her stuff. She, she, you know, she hides. She can't even think about you. But she <laughs> held on to you. Here's what I want you to think of. Some children complaining, complaining. My mother feeds me trash. My mother gives me garbage to eat. How could she give me garbage? All my friends, they have dinner at the table. They have cookies on the shelf. But my mother feeds me garbage. Here's what I want you to know. That your mother, with no shoes on her feet, walked all the way uptown to the rich neighborhood and dug through those garbage cans so she could give you the best garbage she could find. Yes, it was garbage, but it was the best garbage that she could find. And then she walked back and gave it to you. Someplace in here, you got to be grateful that she gave you the best she could. As painful, dysfunctional, hard, difficult, ugly as it was, it was the best garbage that she had. Right. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. You're right. You, right. You, 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 you can complain that it was garbage, but you got to remember, she held on to me. Yes. There's some people who are not addicted to substances who don't hang on to their children. Can you hear me? Yes. Your work is number one, forgive. Number two, learn how to mother yourself. Give yourself what she didn't give you. And once you give it to yourself, give it to her. Because what if, what if, although she's the mother, you're the teacher. What if you came to teach your mother how to mother? What if? What if? What that would be. What if? What if you are the blessing to her? What if? Forgive and mother yourself. You can't make up for lost time. What would you do with your childhood if you had it today? <laughs> what would you do with it? You got another life going on. <laughs> You're what right. would you do with it? Nothing. You can't make up for lost time. What you can do is make better use of the time you have. Learn how to nurture yourself, how to nourish yourself. Because as you do it, you're demonstrating it to your daughter. And when you feel good, do it for your mother. Nurture her. Nourish her. Okay. Yeah? And expect nothing in return. Nothing. Because you're healing yourself. Okay. 
what you it try is. Try No, don't try it. Do don't it. Try. There's only do or don't do. I am a student of Yoda. Okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you, baby. Thank, Thank you. you. How wonderful is that? Remember, that was a beautiful demonstration of our lesson. People do what they do the way they do it, based on who they are and the information they have at the time. She was a substance abuser, and the information she had was, as a mother, I've got to hold on to my children. Never thinking of how she was living was causing them damage. She gave them the best garbage she could find. Let's go back to some questions. Yeah, so right here we got a good one, and this is Jen Van Dyke. What is the best approach to someone who tells you their love for you is dead, but then say, but then they say, I love you and expect you to just act like everything is suddenly back to normal? Well, when they said their love for you was dead, why didn't you leave the cemetery? <laughs> I don't understand. Are you saying that someone, you, you can't answer me, so why am I asking you this question? Beloved, we get to choose. We get to choose. You don't get to tell people how to love you. You get to choose whether or not to participate in the way they love. Hear me now. You don't get to tell people how to love you. People going to love the way they love based on who they are and the information they have at the time. But you get to choose whether or not you want to participate in the way they love. So if the way they love is not pleasing, fulfilling, satisfying to you, if the way they love doesn't make you want to be a better person, if the way that you, they love you doesn't nurture you and nourish you and fulfill you, you get to choose. How about that? You get to choose. Let me go on to another question here. How's a lovely one? And this is Joseph Henderson. Yay, a man. Hi, Joseph. So nice to see you. Hello, Yanla. I have a friend who continues to be in love with a girl who doesn't love him back. And for the last couple of months, I have been there to help him. But I'm tired of seeing him sad about it. What can I tell him to fix this? Nothing. <laughs> it's his lesson. All you get to do is watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Here's what I often say to people who seem to be stuck in loving someone who's not loving them back. I ask them, if you want so badly to be with the wrong person, imagine how good it'll feel when the right person shows up. If you've got to go through this much to get a little bit of love, imagine when you can get a lot of love with a lot less effort. Ask him that. What is it? Here's what I want you to understand as his friend. This relationship is serving a need that he has, some healing need he has, some growth need that he has. And until he gets the lesson, until he gets it, and until he becomes willing to heal whatever that is within himself, he'll go in and out, in and out. Women do it all the time. I've seen it. I've done it. <laughs> but he'll, he'll go in and out, get in and out. So you just have to ask him, what does it serve? How does it serve you to stay in a relationship 
where you're sad most of the time, happy sometimes. And imagine what it will feel like to be in love, happy in love all the time. That's a possibility, but don't you dare leave your friend and you can't get tired. Friends don't get tired. They watch, they observe, they listen, they pray. That's what friends do. Here we go. Here's another question. This is from Will Johnson. Is that another man? I'm excited. Men listening to me. Who do? <laughs> Currently answering. It is difficult being a father and a grandfather to a dysfunctional son and blended grandchildren from multiple baby mamas. Mm -hmm. So, Mr. Will, we know we can't go back, but you created the multiple baby mamas, right? Okay, just want to get that out there. Who say they love you, but only when they need me to supply some tangible resource and refuse any reasonable advice for change? Oh, Mr. Will, I thank you so much for this question. Because so very often we look at men as the providers, heartless, cold providers. Just give me what I want. They call daddy when they need him, and they never think that daddy's got a heart that aches, that daddy got a heart that needs to be fed, that daddy has a, a life that I can be a part of. But Mr. Will, this is your lesson. This is your lesson. So here is what I want you to do. I want you to go back and ask yourself, how did I create these relationships? How did I create them? Was I an ATM machine for many years so that I could keep running around and doing what I was doing? Was I not there when for the quiet times, the, 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 the healing times? How did I create these relationships? What was going on for me? What was I thinking? What was I feeling? Go back and look at that, Mr. Will, and forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Because one of the things I've discovered is that when men have guilt or shame or embarrassment about their lack of presence, they'll throw money at it. They'll throw money at it. You don't have to keep throwing money at it, Mr. Will. At this point in life, you can declare yourself a non-ATM. <laughs> I am not an ATM. I want to have a relationship with you. I want you in my life. I want to be in your life. Please forgive me for the way it was in the past. I want to recreate this now. I want to recreate this now. And Mr. Will, it probably isn't helpful for you to call your son dysfunctional. That's probably not helpful. What every son wants to hear his father say is, I'm proud of you. So perhaps if you're not proud of him yet, you might want to say to him, what is it that I can do to support you in becoming the great man that I know you are? How about that? How about instead of giving advice, Mr. Will, you ask questions. Ask questions. So here's your healing. Go back, clean up how you created these relationships with forgiveness. Forgive yourself. For, ask for forgiveness. Whatever you have to do. And then declare your new position. I'm not an ATM machine. I want to be in your life. I want you to be a part of my life. And that's what I want to create. And if you don't want to do that, oh well, 
but this giving money, not doing that anymore. You coming to me only when you need something, that doesn't make me feel good. Mr. Will, give these people your heart and let them know you have one. I hope that's helpful. All right, one more question, and then we're going to go to our second guest. How is this? All righty, this is Ebony Murphy. Hi. Hi. I feel like I'm in a very toxic relationship with a guy who claims he loves me. Okay, one Google Hangout. I'm going to have for women to tighten up and build their gut because we're not victims in this world, but you've got to be able to feel it in your gut. You've got to know when you walk in the room, wait a minute, this is for me, this isn't for me. You've got to be able to know when people have your good at heart and when they don't. A guy who claims he loves you, does he love you or not? Do you feel love? Does he make you want to be a better woman? Does he, does he nurture you and nourish you? Does, does he bring you peace and joy? Do you have a vision with him, for him, of him? Does he know your vision? That's a relationship. Otherwise, you're just hanging out, doing nookie. I broke up with this guy back in January, and he seemed to be okay with it. But a few weeks ago, he asked, when were we getting back together? I don't know what to do. Do you want him? Listen, are you a Lunchable or a meal? Because if you're a Lunchable, don't let him come snacking on your toes. <laughs> you got to let him. No. Why do you, we as women believe that we don't have a right to have mm, boundaries, criteria? You don't have to take him back. What is? There's nothing for you to do. Create the vision of the relationship you want. Maybe somebody's out there for him. Maybe it's not you. How about that? Well, we've got another guest. She didn't show up. Oh, so my guest show. didn't show up. Tell them now that they can join you. How they can join you. How can they can join me? Okay, my tech people say that you can join me now. I don't know how. They tell them that every week they can email us and we'll pick them to be. Oh, okay. Thank you. That's my tech guy because I told you all I'm computer crazy. I don't know how to do this, right? And what he says, Navarro says, is you can join me every week by sending me a letter based on the topic. Please make sure your letter is based on the topic, okay? You can send it to info, info at max at max maxlevsolutions.com. Info at max, that's M-A-X. L-E-V Solutions.com Info at MaxLevSolutions.com Send me your letter every week and we can choose you to be a guest on our show because my guest stood me up. Can you imagine? Let's summarize where we are this evening. What do you do when you love somebody and they're not loving you back? What are our three things? Number one, people love you based on who they are, how they learned about love, and the information they have at the time. And if you're not getting back what it is that you're giving, it ain't personal. They just don't know how to love you. And you get to choose. You've got to look at your patterns and pathologies, what you learned, how you learned it, about relationships, about love, about yourself, because that's what you're going to attract. And if you're attracting things and people that are not lifting you up, nurturing you, really loving on you and making you feel good in the presence, then the healing is yours to do. 
It's not about changing anybody else. It's your healing. The other thing that we have to look at, of course, is forgiveness. Forgiving people and understanding that everybody has their story. And people are doing the best they can. Some people can only do dysfunction. That's all they know. But the question becomes, why are they in your life? You don't get to tell people how to love you. You get to choose if you want to participate in the way they are loving. Because some people love a little strangely. They think a little whack upside the head is love. That is not love. They think to go out and stay all, all night long because they gave you $100 was love. That's not love. You don't get to tell people how to love. You get to choose whether or not to participate in the way they're loving you. Also, when you're loving somebody and they're not loving you back, let's, let's look at love, particularly in intimate, loving relationships. Here's the kind of global criteria I've set for myself. It may not work for you. It, it, it may. If it does, use it. If it doesn't, oh well. Do I want to be a better person in this person's presence? Do, do they just want me to be better? Not that I'm hiding my faults and my shortcomings and my weaknesses, but with this person present in my life, do I feel like I can grow more, be more, do more, have more? Does this, do you want to feel, be a better person just because of this, this love that has come to you? Number one, that's number one. Number two, do you have to work to get the love? Do you have to work? Do you have to cook and clean and change the sheets and, and put on the nighty and the boot? Can they love you with your curlers? Can they love you with the zit on your face? Can they love you when your breath stinks? Can they love you then? Because if you got to do too much work to get love, then you're pleasing them and you're not building you. In this relationship that you're in, is it nourishing? Is it nurturing? Is it peaceful? Can you, do you know that's a soft place you can fall? Or do you feel you've got to hide things and not tell things and not say things, that you've got to get your nourishment and your nurturing outside somewhere else, whether it's in things and people? This is how you know that you're in the presence of love. Because love is giving. Love is fulfilling. Love is strengthening. Love is unifying. It's not separating. It's not cold. It's not distance. Love. Ooh, I love it. I love to be in love. <laughs> Let me answer another question. Here we go. And we're going to go to Brianna Webb. I knew that name, Brianna Webb. Yes. Hi, Brianna. Hello, Miss Yamla. I love it, <laughs> Miss Yamla. I'm 21 years old. Why do these babies have problems? I don't understand. Do, uh, do any of the old folks out there have problems? <laughs> I recently <clears throat> met my birth mom, a months ago and after a few setbacks between us we hurt one another my question is how do I completely forgive her love her trust her and rebuild our relationship and start fresh thank you Brianna for that beautiful question I I'm hearing in your communication my birth mom so that says to me that maybe you were adopted or you and her weren't together and so this hurt that you're inflicted upon one another may be because you didn't know each other, maybe because you didn't have clear boundaries, clear agreements, clear expectations. Just because she's your birth mother doesn't mean that she knows your heart and she doesn't know your soul. And because you were with her growing up, 
you don't know her heart and her soul. So here's what I would say. How do you completely forgive her? Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for not having boundaries, for having expectations, for having judgments. Uh, forgive yourself. And then learn who she is. That's how you learn to trust her. Just because she's your birth mom, do you know her story as a woman? What is her story as a woman? Does she know your story growing up? I think that once you two really learn who you are, that you'll be able to trust each other again and start anew. But start with forgiveness. Start with forgiving you and then forgiving her. If you don't think you have anything to be forgiven for, then forgive yourself for your judgments of her. She shouldn't have. She should have known better. Why didn't she? What she did was good, bad, right, wrong, blah, 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 blah. Those are judgments. Forgive that. Let me say, too, I hope all of you who can will join me this fall when I do a six-week e-course on forgiveness. I mean the intricacies, the ins and outs, the power, the energy, the essence of forgiveness. Because anytime you have a re relationship breakdown, you need to forgive. So you'll hear more about that, but join me in the fall. Here we have another. Out the man.
to win a very special gift for free. Yes, it's a raffle and all you have to do is share this episode, tag me on your social media page, and you're entered to win. That's it. The more you share, the more people you tag, the more times your name will be entered into the raffle. All of the winners will be announced on the following show. So it's very, very simple. Every second and fourth Friday, listen to the show, share it on your favorite social media platform, find me and tag me, (laughs) and tag all of your friends and family and tell them to listen as well. That gets you entered into the raffle to win an exclusive gift from Ms. J in the morning. Just my way of saying thank you so much no matter where you are around the world. Let's continue to OD on positivity. And congratulations to all of you who are winners. Wakey, wakey! It's breakfast time! Morning is upon us. It's Miss J in the morning. In the morning. In the morning. Miss J, Miss J, Miss J. question this is i'm sorry for squinting i don't have my visual assistance (laughs) selena benoit selena benoit i met a wonderful man but i struggle with whether or not he loves me it isn't that he doesn't love me is it that he doesn't love me or is it that i'm expecting him to fulfill a void bingo in me that he cannot how do I tell which is going on? Could it be both? First of all, have you asked him, does he love you? <laughs> and have you communicated what your expectations are? What, what does love look like for you? I think this is a conversation that everybody out there who has a partner should have. Just ask your partner, what does love look like to you? And what does it feel like? Okay, just ask. Let's just see where we are. Because y'all may be vibing on two completely different things. So ask him, what does love look like? What does it look like for you? What does it feel like for you? And share with him what love looks like for you and what it feels like for you. And then let him know if you're getting that. You asked a very important question that so many people do. 
They go into a relationship trying to fill a void. They have no idea what the void is, but they expect this person to fill it. How can that happen? If this person is not aware that they have to fill this void, first of all, that the void exists, and second of all, that they are expected to fill the void, and you can't tell them how to fill it, you are setting yourself up and sabotaging them. Not nice. That is not nice. That's not a good thing to do to people. So your work is to really find out what it is that you are expecting in relationships. What it is that relationships bring to you. What it is that you expect your partner to do for you. And why do you need the partner to do it? One, one rule of thumb that I have, I don't ask my partner to do anything for me that I can't do for myself. If I can't do it for myself, then I won't expect it of my partner. Because anything he can do, I can do it too. That may not be as much fun. <laughs> And I can sure do it. <laughs> okay? But it is a mistake to expect somebody to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Love and partnerships are about sharing and integration, not about leaning and, and holding on. You want your partner to be your partner, not your crutch. So, my beloved, Selena, find out what it is that you really want in a relationship and why you need it, and can you give it to yourself. That's how you'll be able to make the distinction. And ask him if he loves you. Just ask him, see what he says. And if he lies, mm, how will you know? Anyway, here's my next question. I've been in love. This is Milou Mel. Milou Mel, okay. Hi, Milou. I've been in love or have some sort of connection to a man that does not reciprocate. I've known him for years, not sure that I like him, but I can't seem to move on. We were sex buddies, but I cut it off. Need to move on, help. Remember that you can love somebody and choose how to participate in that loving with them. What is it that you are expecting from this man and that you're willing to do without? You know, we do that. We expect certain things, and then when we don't get it, we become willing to do without it and then get mad at the person because they don't give it to us. What is it that you're expecting from him? And why are you willing to settle? Settle. Settable. I just made that word up. <laughs> lunchable, full-course meal. Which are you? Are you a lunchable? Come nibble, 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 just get a little fulfillment? Or are you a full course meal looking for and offering total and complete satisfaction? That's what you have to figure out. And once you figure that out, you move on. I suspect that there's a fear. See, with him, you don't have to really make a commitment. And you get to stay in lack, believing that you can't really have what you want. Brilliant, brilliant. That's a brilliant thing you're doing there, Malou. Mm -hmm. Here we go. One more question before we sign off tonight. This is Debbie Oxenrider. Debbie Oxenrider. Hi, Debbie. How are you? Thank you for joining me. When do you recommend looking for a man who has the characteristics you recommend, who is ready and willing to love? When do I recommend? When are you ready to have him? <laughs> 
See, when are you ready to have it? And when do you believe you can have it? When do you want that kind of relationship? See, my theory is that you are going to attract who and what you need and who and what you are. You know, you, you're just going to attract it. So I don't think you have to go looking. Where would you look? Is there a place that one goes looking for men? Here's what I say to women who are really looking for men. Because it's going to tell you a lot about yourself. Every man you pass in the street, every man you see, every man in the hallway, every man in the elevator, in the supermarket, any man you see, just smile and say hi. Don't expect anything else. Just smile and say hi. Don't expect him to answer. Don't expect to ask for your number. Don't expect to ever see him again. Every man you see, just smile and say hi. What that's going to do is take your man hunger away. <laughs> you get used to interacting with masculine energy. And all of your stuff that, that, uh, that is attached to men, it, it's going to start to dissipate. Just every man you see, hi, how are you? Just, just keep walking. Now, don't say that if he has a woman. <laughs> do not be talking to men in the street and in the world that are walking around with women, okay? Because you could get hurt that way. All righty. So I want to just review the things that we learned tonight. Hopefully, uh, it's been helpful to you. You got something out of it. Topic, when they don't love you back. Remember that people do what they do the way they do it based on who they are and the information they have at the time. They're just doing what they learn and maybe what you think is not loving you is really the only way they know how to love you and it ain't personal. Now here's the good news. You don't get to tell people how to love you or how to love. You get to choose whether or not you want to participate in the way they are loving. And I don't care if you've been with them five minutes, five months, five years, or 50 years. You get to say, mm -mm, this is not working for me. This is not. Love you, mean it, toodles. And as my beloved Sir Rodney would say, your good is elsewhere. Go there and get it quickly. <laughs> okay, because your good is not here with me. Look at your patterns and pathologies. Look at how you learned about love. Look at what love looked like for you. Look at the relationships that you saw because that's what made the impression on you. And until you heal that through forgiveness, until you heal that through acknowledgement, until you heal that through just creating a new idea in your mind, you are going to attract what you saw. So you want to clean up your own patterns and pathology. Remember, people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Everybody doesn't come to stay. So that's why having children and having big wedding, you want to be sure that this is at least a commitment you're willing to make for long term and not just a fly by night. Sometimes reasonable people and seasonal people, they've got to go. They're not going to stay there. All right? Also understand that when we have a very desperate heartbreak, it'll be hard for us to give our heart to another person. So you really want to do your forgiveness work. So I hope tonight was helpful for you. It's been lots of fun for me. Uh, I want to encourage you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. That would be YouTube, Iyamla Vansap. And we're starting a new series tomorrow called Iyamla's Daily Notes. And you'll get a little message from me. Just inspirational messages, 
that you can share because I really want to support you in doing the work. I want to thank you all for your support and your continual uh, support of Iyamla Fix My Life, but you know that's eight weeks, twice a year. We got to do this work all the time. So do invite a friend. Uh, do tell the family members. I really want to get a couple. So I want a couple to come on and I want to support you in working through whatever challenges you may have. So if you are a couple out there and you want to do some work with me and you're willing to do it publicly, just like Fix My Life, except it's free, you don't have to travel anywhere, then you want to send me an email at Info. Info. At Max Lev Solution. At Max Lev Solution. If you can't get it there, send it to iamla.com <laughs> and we'll get it and we'll do some work. Send me your questions uh, each week. Next week, our show is going to be about, let me see if I remember. I'm running it through my brain. What is our show about next week? Anything you want to talk about. <laughs> How about that? Our show next week could be about anything you want to talk about. Personal stuff, trust, love, relationships, money, uh, spirituality, anything you want to talk about. It'll be Ask Yama. How about that? Because I'm going to be sending you your daily dose all week long. You're going to get those messages all throughout the week. So I'm sure it'll stir up some questions. So send me some good inquiries. I want to thank everybody that sent their questions in tonight. You know I can't get to, to all of them, but I will choose one or two and post some stuff up on the YouTube channel. Remember, just in case, nobody's told you. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been yet another amazing show. I so appreciate you guys for continuing to follow and support and celebrate with me. So make sure to download your favorite podcast app, Follow Pumps Radio, the station, and tune in to the show, Ms. J in the morning. New shows Monday through Friday, no matter where you are in the world. And I'm so glad you still rocking with your girl, Ms. J. Y'all know what? I love you. And I'll talk to you in the morning. <laughs>